Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors Podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Robery, and as always, I would like to welcome you all to this week's episode. Thank you for tuning in with us. We have a lot to talk about this week, guys. We uh, we just got back, Jackson and I, from the woods this morning. We made a hunt, um, so we wanted to give you guys an up-to-the-minute report on what we experienced out in the field today. As always, uh, we try to keep our reports as accurate as possible for you guys. And I also want to send a shout out to uh, several of our listeners this week that contacted us uh, since last episode that we did. Had a couple of questions, got to meet some of you guys online, and I really appreciate y'all reaching out to us on social media. Um, I always love, you know, talking to new people, and you've heard me mention that before in the show. How uh, how we meet a lot of new friends and a new uh, you know new partnerships as far as hunting goes uh, with a lot of people that we meet from this show, uh, whether it be out in the field or in social media, um, you guys have heard the show, so you know we appreciate you tuning in on a weekly basis and listening to us every time we have a new podcast. I get a message it seems like with a couple of questions from each episode, and that's what it's all about. You know that's 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 really why we do these. Um, it's just to um, help other people and other hunters out as much as possible. You've heard me say that before. And also educate a lot of new hunters that come into the market, uh, you know, to the sport nowadays. And uh, that's also something that we've mentioned a lot in previous episodes, how many new hunters are being exposed to the sport. And, uh, and you know, I feel that when we could, you know, give a lot of that information and in our, you know, reports and just you know, um, you know, reports, whether it be a review on something or, or a hunting report, it helps a lot of new hunters out and makes it more enjoyable for everybody. Um, so thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for, you know, contacting us through social media, like I mentioned, and reaching out to us. We really appreciate the feedback. Um, well, guys, here we are, January 17th. Um, today is Sunday. It's an absolutely beautiful day here in Louisiana, especially here, at least in South Louisiana. Um, I did mention that me and Jackson made a hunt this morning, which I'll get to in a few minutes. Tell you guys kind of uh, where we went and what we did, what we killed. Um, but yeah, it's an absolutely beautiful day here. Uh, as I sit here and record this show in, in my home in Gonzales, Louisiana, the temperatures are, are, you know, couldn't get much better today. The weather really cooperated with us this weekend. Um, we even had a, a really good wind pumping this morning, so that's always a, a added bonus when we could get a good wind pumping. Um, hell, as we speak now, I have uh, the smoker going on my back porch. Uh, got some boneless duck breasts in the smoker, uh, along with some deer sausage that Jackson killed a deer earlier this season, uh, a pork loin, and even a couple of hamburgers for the kids. So I had a good buddy of mine um, that I worked with at Cabela's for many years. He uh, he gave me a call and he said, hey, about a week ago, he said, hey, Jacob, he said, uh, man, do you have a smoker at home? And I said, no. I said, I don't. I said, I had a pellet grill, pit boss pellet grill uh, for many years. I said, and then eventually, it, you know, went out on me. But I really, I really never smoked too much on it. And uh, he said, well, hell, I bought a brand new Traeger from the store and I have a master built smoker that uh, you may be interested in. He said, uh, I, I'd, I'd like to just give it to you if you want it. He said, so I'm going to bring it over. Uh, to the store he said if you want to swing by one day after work and meet up with me take a look at it um, He said it don't have very much use. So yeah, I went I went by this week took a met up with my buddy and 
um, took a look at it. He had only cooked like one or two chickens smoked in this thing before. So it's a real nice uh, upright, um, you know, master build smoker. Has the timer and it actually runs on propane, which is something I like a lot. Uh, you know, not being electric, you don't have to worry about all those elements going out and that type of stuff. So, uh, so today's the first day I'm smoking on it. I went ahead, I seasoned it yesterday and, uh, looking real forward to how that turns out this evening for the Saints game. Uh, today's a big day. If you're a sports fan, especially in Louisiana, the Saints are, uh, are facing off against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this afternoon uh, in a couple of hours. So we figured, Hey, let's break in the smoker. Uh, we're going to meet up with a couple of friends in the neighborhood and uh, drink a few cold adult beverages and, you know, try out some of this meat that we smoked on the smoker. So, honestly, guys, it don't get much better than that. Um, and I hope you guys are, are having a Sunday that's just as good, if not nicer, than that scenario I just I just told you that we're experiencing. So, but uh, But, yeah, guys, a lot of new information going on. I have to say, and, and I mean, you know, we're all outdoorsmen that listen to this podcast as well as many other, you know, podcasts I'm sure you listen to and shows that you watch and just social media in general. But there's a lot going on right now in the United States, guys, with all the po- political stuff going on. We're about to swear in. It looks like a new administration here coming up this week. And there's a lot of talk and a lot of fear with the whole gun situation and ammunition and all that. And that's something I, I figured we could open up the show, just kind of, kind of, you know, talk about that a little bit this week and, you know, without getting too much into the p- political side of it. But, uh, you know, I'm sure many of you, if you like me, you've been walking into, you know, your local stores, um, especially your outdoor sporting goods stores. Um, trying to find ammunition, whether it be a handgun, a rifle, um, a shotgun. And I had actually talked about this earlier in the season of, uh, of this season that we did of Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors podcast, um, that if you guys were looking for ammunition or you were short on ammunition going into the hunting season, um, you know, it was, a, it was a time where you needed to try to uh, grab what you could while they had some stock in the stores because, if you go into the stores now, and especially the big box retail stores, you know, here in Gonzales, we have a, a Cabela's here. We have a Bass Pro in Denham Springs that's only about 20 minutes from my home. Um, you know, you have a couple of academies living around the big cities. Um, you know, but if you've walked into any of those big box stores lately, man, it, it's it's insane. There's just absolutely no ammunition on the shelves whatsoever. So, you know, me in particular, at the beginning of the season, um, I had some shells, of course, left over from last season. Seems like the last couple of years, we're not exactly going through a case of shells each year. So with the, with the hunting, the way it's been. But um, I went ahead and I, I loaded up pretty good on shells. I bought a case of shells at the beginning of the season when they had some um, on the shelf. And, uh, and I had mentioned that in the podcast. I told you guys, I said, if you're looking for ammunition, I noticed that there just wasn't as much as there usually is in stock in these big stores. And, uh, and I told, you know, I had mentioned in reference, trying to pick up what you could when, when it was available. Well, hell, the good thing is, I guess, is that we're, you know, at the end of the season now here in Louisiana, um, especially for us, um, you know, we have the East Zone, which has two more weeks that we can hunt. Um, closes up the last weekend of uh, January and if you're in the west or in the coastal zone you guys are going to be closing up next week so you're probably not 
uh, looking for shells right now, unless you just, you know, don't have any or you made a hunt this weekend and you could be running out. Um, but guys, if that's the situation, you, you better off probably buying some from your buddy who has a stash uh, because it is not easy to find shells right now, um, much less if you have a handgun, uh, an AR, or a rifle right now. Um, you know, kind of going switching over to handguns, I mean, you guys that have handguns that have been buying ammunition, you know exactly what I'm talking about, how hard it is right now to get ammunition. Um, I know I, I've been wanting to stockpile a little bit more because I have several calibers, pistols that I carry. I have a 380, I have two 9mm, I have, you know, 223 that I shoot. Um, you know, so I have a lot of different, I'm a, I'm a big gun collector. Uh, I've been collecting several different, you know, variations and models of guns throughout the years. And, uh, and when you have that, um, you know, you want to have a little bit of ammunition stash for each caliber, each gauge that you that you have in your collection, and that's the situation I find myself in. Uh, but if you go into the stores right now, it is it is just it, it looks like when a hurricane is ready to hit Louisiana, and you go into a grocery store, and the shelves are completely wiped out. Um, you know, nine millimeter, your most popular nine millimeter, forty, forty-five. 380 those are your hardest calibers to find right now and what what i find crazy is that you know several years ago whenever we had the last election and it seems like every year when you you get an election year there's always a, a big push you know and shortage of ammunition there's a big push to buy ammunition high demand but not a lot of supply what's funny is that you know when 2000 or the last election that we had with President Trump when he got elected, um, there was a big, a big uh, void for 22 ammunition out there. A lot of us remember that. Um, I mean, hell, bricks of, of 22 ammunition were going for 40, 50 dollars a brick uh, for 500 rounds. And uh, and what's ironic is now you could you can still find 22 ammunition for the most part. You know, that's what I find kind of funny. Um, you know. I don't know why that is, but this go around for some reason, 22 ammunition is still available for the most part. Now, is it is it as readily available as it was before? No, I'd have to say no, it's not. Um, you know, whenever you're not in an election year, um, but it, it you can still find it. Now, what you can expect is the prices. You're going to be price shocked if you if you just now starting to look for ammunition. Um, if you are able to find it and lucky enough to find it, whether it be online, uh, maybe a local gun shop that you have in your area, or a big box retail store like your Cabela's and Bass Pros and Academies, um, you're going to be very, very surprised by the price of, of ammunition right now. Of course, when the demand gets super high, it seems like, and, and you know the quantities aren't there, the price tends to go up on it. Um, and that's what it is. This week alone, I picked up at a local uh, gun store, um, you know, I picked up some 223, and hell, I was, you know, it was Federal Eagle Ammunition, some good quality, you know, pretty much good quality ammunition for a company like Federal, um, and it was 20 rounds for $20, so I'm paying a dollar a round for 223, which honestly, guys, wasn't that bad, because if you look online, they were going for more than that right now at some of the online places like Gun Broker and all of that stuff, you know, so... Don't be surprised if you start looking for ammunition after the season. 
Um, if if you haven't looked during the season or been paying attention lately, don't be culture shocked and, and you know shocked by the price of ammunition right now because it is crazy. Um, you know that same place I bought two two three, they had nine millimeter a fifty round box of nine millimeter going for forty dollars. And I mean those of you know you know when it's not a big big craze like it is right now. Uh, you know, a box of Blazer 9mm, you could pick up for $15 or maybe even a little bit less if you catch it on sale. So, yeah, $50, you know, 40 I'm sorry, $40 um, is quite an increase in the price on, on 50 rounds of 9mm uh, ammunition. So, uh, you know, and I know it's even more of a scare right now with the administration that's, that's going to be sworn in this coming week. Um, you know, they are supposedly big-time anti-gun. Um, and there's been a lot of people talking about that. You know, a lot of people are scared. Hell, I'm one of those people. I'm a gun owner. Um, you know, and I, the things that you hear out there that's been proposed and talked about from the administration that's going to be sworn in this week, it, it'll it'll scare the hell out of you. You know, it really will. Um, you know, who, they're talking about ta new taxes, uh, everybody having to register all firearms. Um, you know, they're, they're a huge threat at least in what they've said in the past to the Second Amendment in this country. And us as gun owners have to stand up and we have to fight it, you know, guys. And, and, and I mean in a civil way, not the kind of crap you saw on TV that happened a week or two ago with the Capitol and all that type of stuff. Um, but we have to we have to let our voices be heard out there, in my opinion. And many of you already know that. So... Um, it, it, it's scary times. I have to admit it is scary times, especially for us outdoorsmen and gun owners. Um, there, there's a lot of, a lot of information being thrown out there at us that we hear. Um, you know, and only time will tell once this administration takes place and, and starts to get their claws dug in how it's all going to unfold. But, um, you know, I don't want to say, Wait, if you've been thinking about buying that specific gun, you know, you know whether it's an AR or something like that, especially like your assault rifle type guns, if you've been thinking about buying it, it would be, in you know, my opinion that it's a good time now to try to get it if you can. Um, because from what they've said and, in, in, you know, in, in, in what, what I've heard and what many of you have heard is that that's the type of guns that they are looking to put big bands on, special capacity as far as magazines and stuff like that. Um, and it may not affect, you know, us as hunters as much, but most hunters are, you know, gun owners and collectors and, you know, um, you probably have different calibers than, you know, in your collection than what you just hunt with. So my advice would be if you're looking to buy something like that, like an AR, it's, you need to jump on it pretty soon. Um, but as far as taxes go, additional taxes on firearms and all that type of stuff, man, you know it could get really really tricky and there's there's lots of loopholes and then somebody we were talking this week i was having a conversation with somebody and they said you know they don't have to necessarily ban guns they could they can make the ammunition hard to get uh, you know and, and and his belief that the guy i talked to was that that's a, a reason that we're uh we're seeing such a lack of ammunition you know um so i i don't know if i necessarily agree with that but i mean he may have some he may be on to something there but uh, I think it's just a lot of new gun buyers personally in the United States right now. If you look at the numbers from the statistics I've, I've seen, there, I mean, it's a huge spike in new gun owners. A lot of people uh, that necessarily 
never owned a gun that that want to protect their families that want to have something to maybe hunt in future generations with their children or their grandchildren um, a lot of those people are going out right now and purchasing firearms um, you know and when they purchase firearms to go along with that they're purchasing ammunition so you get the combination of an influx of new gun owners buying guns and ammunition and you could see where there might be a pinch for the uh, the supply um, compared to the demand across the country right now. So there's a lot that plays into it, um, you know, and, and I don't have all the answers to it. And I'm sure a lot of us agree with that. We don't have the answers as citizens. We kind of waiting just like everybody else to see what happens with this new administration. But it, it is definitely scary times um, and, and something to consider and think about and, and even worry about just a little bit, you know, but that's you know that's about as much as i like to get into politics you know especially on this show um we you know we'll mention small things because it does affect us as hunters oftentimes with with the gun laws and stuff like that um i can tell you uh, something that made big news this week and i'm sure many of you saw it is the uh the nra the nra the um filed for bankruptcy this week and uh there's a lot that of of, of you know information out there as to why that was um but from what everything is indicating is that the national rifle association which many of you could be members of or may be members of i know i've been a member of the nra for many years um they are you know supposedly declaring bankruptcy and moving their headquarters from where they are currently um over to the state of texas and that's something that you're hearing a lot of people uh, talk about doing. I know right now Texas is getting a big influx of, of people coming from areas like California, Arizona. Um, a lot of your places that, that the people are not happy with the living conditions and the political uh, views and laws that are, you know, in those areas, they are doing a mass exodus to these states like Texas and Florida. Um, so if this ends up you know being true that the nra is relocating their filing bankruptcy starting over new in texas honestly i think it's a it's in my opinion a smart thing i think it's a very smart thing because texas those of you who uh, are from texas or you you know you uh you familiar with texas laws and a texas way of life they they texas just looks at things differently you know and uh in my opinion as an outdoorsman it's it's a great way of life you know that they and great views that they got um, but yeah, that, you know, you're going to probably see multiple companies this year, uh, depending on how these gun laws roll out and how these bans, if there are bans that are, uh, sanctions and taxes and stuff like that are put on to these companies. Um, you're going to probably see a lot of these companies and big name companies, um, you know, go bankrupt or, or restructure and, and, and start somewhere else new. Um, you know, Remington's another company, which Remington was having issues for the last several years. But, uh, you know, those of you who don't know, Remington Farms has been around one of the oldest firearm makers in the United States, if not the oldest in the, in the United States. Um, they declared bankruptcy this past year. And, uh, you know, there's been a lot said over why that was, but they were having financial problems. If you look into it, um, there was a lot of issues and lawsuits and all kind of stuff that... They had got into some financial trouble over the years and uh, just weren't doing real well as a company, you know. So, of course, they went ahead. They filed Chapter 11 bankruptcy and they shut shut it down. Somebody came in. They purchased the, uh, I forgot who it was, guys, and y'all may know this, but somebody came in. I want to say it was a, a, 
a foreign ammunition company that came in and purchased the uh, the ammunition side of Remington, which is why you still see, um, you know, some Remington on the shelves and some advertising of Remington ammunition. Um, I've seen some ads lately for it. Um, I know that their Facebook page, their social media page is still up and going right now. Um, so they are, you know, letting people know that, hey, we, we are still operating. We are still uh, a company. Um, and what from what I, I hear is that I got some insight from a gentleman this week I talked to. He was a, uh, he's a military veteran, and we were talking um, this week actually at an academy. I went into academy to purchase a, uh, see if I could find a 22 rifle uh, just to add for, for Jackson and for my youngest son, Hudson, to kind of snatch up. And uh, we started talking while we were waiting for our paperwork to be processed. And he told me, he said his son actually worked for Remington. He lived uh, in New York and worked for Remington. And he said they got laid off. Uh, of course, when the, uh, the shutdown happened with the bankruptcy, but he said uh, he was his son was able to get picked back up um, and, hi- and hired on back with him on the ammunition side. He used to work on the firearm side. Now he's going to be working on the ammunition side. Um, and he said that they are looking to be in 100% full production sometime around June. So, you know, right now they're not, I don't think they're actually manufacturing from what it sounded like he told me. Uh, new ammunition, but the, what they're doing is selling and distributing ammunition that was already stockpiled. But they're going to start the assembly line for producing ammunition in June, is what uh, his son was told. So that's inside information that uh, we I just happened to run into this gentleman and we were talking, you know, this week. So that's good to see that they're going to be back up and going. Uh, but the firearm side is not. They're still, from what I understand, looking for a buyer at the moment for Remington Firearms. Um, the firearm side of it, the business itself. Um, so I would not be surprised, guys, if you see somebody snatch them up, uh, maybe out of the country, possibly something like, you know, Benelli or, you know, because, uh, you know, Benelli, you have Benelli, you have Franke, which is in Italy, and then you have Stoger in the United States. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see somebody like them pick them up or maybe even possibly Winchester, who I know has merged over the years with uh, a couple of other companies. Uh, because if I'm not mistaken, uh, Remington and Marlin are under the same brand as well now. And then they had H&R, which, the, you know, you guys all familiar with the original H&R Maverick pump. Oh, not Maverick, the H&R uh, partner pumps. Uh, so that was all under the Remington umbrella. So the Remington name is not something that I think is going to go away. I think somebody's going to snatch them up. Uh, and, and once they get the right buyer, you're going to see them start producing uh, firearms again, um, like you were used to seeing for many, many years. So, um, that could be a, a, a possible, you know, company that's, uh, you know, coming that may be making one of those moves to Texas or something, you know, that may want to purchase them and, and bring them into their own lineup, uh, their own, own umbrella of a company. So it's going to be really interesting to see this year. I think, like I mentioned, I think there's going to be some major changes with, with this new administration in office. And uh, it's going to make for some interesting, uh, some interesting headlines this year. Um, so stay tuned for that. I have a feeling you're going to start seeing that very soon. Um, I did mention guys that I went out, um, I was looking for a, a, a 22 rifle, which, uh, I have a couple of 22s, but I wanted to get, um, just an entry level 22 for, uh, Jackson and Hudson. I have, you know, you guys hear Jackson on the show a lot of times. Um, Jackson's in January this month, he's about to turn 12. So, uh, um, you know, he's, he's, 
growing, man. He's maturing more and more as a hunter every year. So I'm trying to build his his firearm selection up for him to get him started. That way he has his own guns. And then behind him, I have my youngest son, Hudson. Um, Hudson's going to be seven. Um, and he's kind of starting to get into it with us now. So uh, I wanted to go out and buy him a, a, a little entry-level 22. But like I mentioned, if you you know you go to the stores and there's not a whole lot to uh, to uh, to pick from. So um, currently I had you know a, a Marlin Model 60 22, and I have a uh, I have another 22 that's uh, in. It looks much like a uh, like a M16 or an assault rifle 22 that's made by a, a foreign company that imports them in. It's an older model 22, but I wanted to get just a regular, you know, regular 22, something similar to a Ruger 1022. Uh, but I didn't want to pay the Ruger 1022 price tag. I'll be honest for for you know a seven to eleven year old kid that you know is uh, doing a little bit of planking, a little bit of squirrel hunting with it. So what I was really looking for, and I had had years ago, um, was a Savage model 64. And uh, those of you who, who are familiar with 22 rifles and just rifle planking and stuff like that. The Savage Model 64 has been around for such a long time. Um, you know, very, very reliable, very affordable rifle. And even in these times with the prices going up and up and up, um, it's still very affordable. Um, you can catch the, the Model 64 Savage at Walmart. Um, whenever Walmart was selling a lot of guns, you could catch them there for like 99 bucks uh, with a 10 round magazine that comes with it, a, a synthetic stock. And a, uh, and a long barrel on it, so it's a very accurate, known for its accuracy. It's a perfect squirrel hunting or rabbit, you know, gun. And, and if you're in a plinking and just shooting, it's perfect for that. It doesn't break the bank on the price. But it has been really tough to find them. Um, that's been the issue, just like everything else in the firearms industry. So I just happened to, uh, I checked a couple of local gun shops in my area uh, over the last couple of weeks. And everybody just kind of laughed. They're like, no, man, we don't have them. You can't get them, and when you do get them, they're going immediately. And I know Academy uh, carries them. My Walmart here in Gonzales still does carry firearms. Um, now, I have been told by several of you that we've talked lately about firearms that um, your local Walmarts, uh, I've been told by several guys that their local Walmarts have stopped selling, um, you know, firearms. Other than one gentleman told me they sell uh, muzzle loaders in his, and that's all they carry in right now in his Walmart. Um, so I don't know if that's the case or, or, or where you are, but uh, yeah, I know where we are in Gonzales, Louisiana. Um, our local Walmart here in Gonzales is still selling firearms. Um, and I've been able to see, I've seen the, the Savage Model 64 uh, rifle over the years there. And of course now when I'm ready to buy one, I haven't been able to find one for about two months now. I've been looking. Uh, hoping to catch it for about a hundred bucks because they do have the best price on that particular rifle. Um, everywhere else that carries it, which like your big sporting goods stores and the academies, they go for about thirty dollars more for the exact same gun. Um, so you know I, I've been checking those as well. Nobody's had them in stock until this week. I actually uh, I pulled up on Academy Academy's uh, website. I looked at the Model sixty four. You could go there. And it'll tell you um, your closest store to you, and if something's in stock, it'll tell, hey, um, you know, X amount are in stock here, available for pickup in store. So what I did is I checked my, my one around here, around Baton Rouge, and those didn't have any stock. But the one in Hammond, which I just happened to work in Hammond during the week, um, it said that they had finally got a couple in this week. So 
Uh, on my lunch break, I went by Academy, and sure enough, when I walked up to the gun counter, they only had about 10 guns on the on the whole gun counter at Academy. Um, but that Savage Model 64 was sitting there uh, on the rack. So I was pretty pleased to see that. I told a girl, she said, do you want to look at one? I said, no, I want that gun right there. I know what I'm looking to buy. Uh, so she grabbed that one, and I said, you have any more? She said, yeah, we have about four or five in stock. And one of the guys on the side of me, he heard, and he said, well, I'm looking for a 22. I want one, too. So we probably they probably sold out on those 22s that afternoon. I would, I, if I had to guess, but uh, I was very fortunate enough to go ahead and uh, snatch up one this week, which it's been a hard gun for me to find. So brought it home, put a couple of rounds through it, and uh, as as I remember my old one I had at one time, which I can't remember if I sold it or traded it for another gun at the time, but I had a 64 years ago and. Uh, and I, I'm very happy to have another one in the collection again because it's, it's, a, it's a great gun. It really is. So uh, we're looking forward to after duck season. We're going to be going to the camp. Uh, been seeing a lot of squirrels. We killed we killed a good bit of squirrels this year during uh, squirrel season before waterfowl opened up. And uh, me and Jackson, before we start hitting the uh, waters, doing some fishing, we're going to try to make a couple of squirrel hunts, uh, maybe bring Hudson with us, and uh, try to do so, uh, maybe put a few more squirrels in the freezer. Um, before the season's over. So something kind of cool, in case you, you guys didn't know that Orange from Louisiana, we uh, we do have a spring squirrel season as well. Um, so it closes up at the end of February, squirrel season here in Louisiana. And then it'll close up until May. And then in the month of May, um, you get a couple of more weeks to be able to hunt for a spring season. So right around that same time, uh, you know, to go along with like turkey season and that type of stuff, um, you do get a spring season. Now, honestly, I don't participate in the spring season just because, you know, we're fishing by that time. Uh, we're not in the woods. The temperatures are starting to get a little warmer down here in the south. And um, I, I really don't mess with it too much. But now Jackson's interested in hunting with a 22 and hunting squirrels more and more every year. So we might end up making a hunt this year. I don't know. You know, we'll see. Um, that's something that we'll look at at the time. But, uh, once fishing season comes around and we kind of hang up the hunting stuff, it's hard to get us off the water. We work in, you know, my schedule during the summer, I, you know, I sell boats for a living. So I'm, I work six days a week for the most part during the summertime. That's our busy season. And, uh, you know, we have Sundays off to do something with the family. Usually my wife, they want to hit the water. So we'll do some fishing. We either go sack and crappie fishing or we'll bass fish, do something like that. Maybe do a little saltwater fishing. And, uh, and I do plan on doing more fishing videos this year for you guys. So if y'all like us and you, you know, you go from hunting season to fishing, from fishing into hunting season, it never stops. We just like you, um, you know, we do the same thing. We love fishing. Um, I used to say I love fishing more than hunting, but over the years it's kind of changed. It, it is really hard to beat hunting season, you know, going to the camp, building a fire and just sharing those memories. Um, and I think it's more special to me hunting season nowadays as I've gotten older, just because you can't do it all year. You know, you, you can't, there's not always a season to hunt all year long. Um, you know, and I think once hunting season comes around, it's just like, it's, it's super special to me, um, and my boys because we can only do it in limited quantities and limited amounts of time. So I think that's what makes it more special, especially now that I'm getting older, uh, but years ago, it was the opposite. I couldn't, I, I had a, I, you know, I love to hunt. Don't get me wrong. I always have, but, uh, that getting me off the water was hard. I was big into bass fishing and, uh, fished a lot of tournaments and stuff like that. I travel and fish different tournaments. Um, and I had a lot of fun doing that, but then my kids came along 
and uh, it really changed. Uh, I've talked about that how it changed my perspective, and I look at things, you know, different, you know, a little differently than I used to. And uh, when hunting season comes around, it is it is my favorite time of year now uh, because it is, it is really special for me and sharing time with my kids and a lot of my buddies. Uh, you know, I have buddy hunting buddies that I hunt with throughout the season that I do not see most of the year besides hunting season. So when it comes around and it opens up, you guys are probably a lot like I am. You know, you get together with those guys that you've talked to maybe throughout the summer, but you don't get to see like you do during hunting season. And you make an effort to get out, to go out of your way to schedule some time to get together and hunt together. And that that's what just makes it, you know, really special, you know. So um, you guys probably feel, a lot of you probably feel like I do when it comes to that. Uh, you know, I, my friends that I hunt with during hunting season that I'm talking about that I don't get to see as much during the summer, they, they'll tell you they, that's exactly how they feel. That's how they look at it, you know. Excuse me, guys. I'm drinking some water. But, uh, but yeah, let's get fast forward to, to where we are now in the season, guys. With the remaining time we have in the show, kind of tell you, um, I have to say I didn't get to hunt a whole lot this week. Um, right now we are on normal schedule for work. Uh, so I pretty much have, I, I'm working almost six days a week right now. We, uh, we're Monday through Friday and then, uh, you know, full days. And then on Saturday we work nine to one right now. Um, so it makes it hard for me to make a hunt on a Saturday unless I have a weekend off right now, which we are on a rotation. So like next weekend, um, I would be able to hunt Saturday morning, but, uh, but my youngest son is playing flag football and has a game that morning. So I'll hunt Sunday. So that's what we did today, guys. We, uh, we, we went last week. If you tuned in, we, uh, we went out to the marsh, to the freshwater marsh. Um, we have a spot here in Manchac wildlife management area that we hunted. Um, and I had promised you guys a report on Manchac, our hunt that we made last week. So if you didn't get the report, it's because you haven't seen the YouTube video that we put recapping our hunts from last weekend. So go check that out on our YouTube page at Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors and search uh, Manchac Report WMA. Um, and you guys could get the full report on what we did last week in Manchac. Uh, it wasn't a complete disappointment. We, uh, we hunted two days last weekend. Had some pretty good weather to hunt. We had some fronts come through. Um, and we put some birds on the strap last week. It wasn't, it wasn't, you know, a, a knockout blowout success, but we put some birds on the strap. So that was a good thing. Um, so if you want to check that out, go check it out on our YouTube page and, uh, get that report guys, because it may help you if you're thinking about hunting locally, uh, especially if you're in Southeast Louisiana this week, if tell you what we saw and what, what species were there, what birds we killed, um, so what we did was this morning we had a one hunt to make before we go back to work tomorrow so uh, i told jackson i said hey let's go back you know to the to the woods let's go back and hunt uh near the camp so we, we went over to sherburn wildlife management area this morning and uh i have to be honest with you i wasn't real excited uh from the reports that i've heard lately um uh, just really not good the birds just haven't showed up this year a whole lot uh in that management area they there's been some you know some small highs i guess you could say but a lot of deep valley deep deep lows you know so um it's been really tough but what we did was instead of kind of going into the reserve we we hung on a spot that we hunt kind of uh on the outer edge of the reserve we didn't go to that that uh section you know to uh of the reserve where it gets a lot of pressure right now 
Um, and I told Jackson we had hunted it earlier in the season and we had uh, we'd killed some birds. And then we had one day where we killed a couple of birds, but we had a lot of missed opportunities. The last hunt we had made in there. So we uh, we went we went we launched the boat at four o'clock this morning, and uh, we went out, set up in the hole. And I'm gonna be honest with you guys, we did something completely different today um, than we've ever done. It's something that I actually talked to one of my good buddies about last year. I told him when uh, when the season was over, I told my good buddy Troy Fontenot. I said Troy. Um, who you guys have probably heard on the show me mention several times. He's been on the podcast with us. And uh, I told Troy last season, I said, next year, T, I said, I'm going to make a hunt with all motion decoys and no regular decoys in, in the spread. And, uh, and, and he kind of laughed and we had, you know, we talked about it for a little while and said, yeah, man, that's something we need to try. And just kind of laughed at it, you know. But the, the reason I, I got that, idea was there was a, a hunt that i made last year in a reserve and i saw a uh, a group of guys i think it was three guys and um and man they were not too far from us it's one of them days where they were just pulling in the birds and we could not get the birds to come you know come seriously take a look at us and after the hunt <clears throat> we saw them and we kind of stopped and talked to them and you know i noticed that they had when we were talking to them they had just all all motion decoys out there was no like regular decoys in their spread um it was flappers it was swimmers um and, and that's all they had out and, and i, I kind of mentioned it to them but you could tell they didn't want to say a whole lot about it but i gotta tell you guys they were they were the birds were just drawing into them and they had a really good hunt that day they were drawing them off of us and going to them and uh and that's what gave me an idea i told troll i said i said you know we saw those guys uh, when we when we talked to him this year, and you noticed they had all motion decoys, no regular decoys, and he said, "Yeah." And I said, "I'm gonna hunt a hunt next year like that. I'm gonna try that." So what we did today, last night, when I was packing up the boat, and I told, I sent him a picture of the trawl. I said, "That of the inside of my boat, I was getting it ready to go," and I pulled all my my traditional decoys out of the boat. Out of I pulled my whole decoy bag out, all my Texas rig decoys that I'll bring with me. Usually, I, I pulled them out. And I put a whole bag, a slot bag of motion decoys. I had traditional flappers on the poles, a couple of poles. I had two of them, actually. And then, you know, those of you who have listened to the show throughout the season, you heard me talk about how I invested in uh, some new motion decoys, specifically the Lucky Duck uh, HD Splashers this year. Also bought a new Higdon Swimmer this year. Um, and I said, I'm going to load that into the boat, um, which was about... I don't know, eight or nine, maybe, maybe right around 10 decoys. I think it was 10 actually total, uh, 10 motion decoys. I said, and we're bringing that. And I told Jackson, I said, um, uh, Jackson actually came out last night when I was packing the boat. He said, you want me to put the decoys in the boat? I said, they're in the boat. And he, he kind of looked at me. He said, no, they're not. He said, they don't, you have them right there on the ground in the blind, in the slot bag. I said, no, I said, they're in the boat. And I kind of laughed. And he said, what you mean? I said, we're hunting over nothing but motion decoys tomorrow. And he kind of looked at me, gave me that, that dog, confused dog look when he tilts his head to the side, kind of looked at me, and he said, okay. And I said, no, I'm serious. I said, uh, we're hunting over just motion decoys in the morning. I said, we're not bringing any other decoys with us. So we kind of just went out the box this morning. So we got there and, uh, and set up our two flappers on the poles, and we put out our Lucky Duck HD splashes, and we put out our swimmer and uh and guys when i tell you talk about a good looking spread normally 
I have some uh, some video footage from the hunt that we make on my cell phone. But this morning I was having a, uh, I, my phone was prompting me for a software update and I was having some issues with my phone this morning. So I'm sorry I couldn't get a shot of that, but maybe, uh, maybe next week I'll get a shot of it for us. And uh, I wasn't going to fight with the phone when I was trying to hunt, so I do apologize. But, uh, but yeah, it looked really, really good. I mean, um, it was super realistic looking as far as the water movement. You heard me talk about that Lucky Duck HD Splasher in a YouTube video that I put out about a week ago. Uh, the advantages I feel that the HD Splasher has over a lot of your other motion decoys. Um, and if you're not familiar with the Lucky Duck HD Splasher, it's a, uh, it's a spinning wing decoy that floats on the water, similar to like a mojo floater or something like that. Uh, but it has these little rubber tabs that are on the wings that you could, uh, you know, stick out of the wing. And when that wing spins and flaps, it, it also sprinkles water and produces some water movement. And in the video that I did a couple of weeks ago that's up on YouTube where I talked about it, uh, we were talking about hunting heavily, uh, you know, uh, heavily uh, vegetated areas. And when I say vegeta vegetation, I mean like, you know, your duck seed. We hunt a bunch of timber holes uh, in sherbet management area as well as some other ones around the state uh, that have a lot, a lot of duck seed, like that green duck seed. You know what I'm talking about probably. And uh, and if you have like your, your water motion decoys such as your, your Higdon pulsators and stuff like that, even the swimmer that I use, uh, once that bilge pump, gets clogged up with that duck seed it just doesn't function and operate like it should it, it shuts it down so when i was looking to kind of you know combat that a, a year or two ago i came across the lucky duck splasher hd and first of all i like the idea that that decoy sat low to the water low profile it looks like a duck sitting in the water swimming you know swimming around moving around um and then it had the spinning wing action that you get from a traditional mojo on a pole um, but it also, those little tabs is what made the difference for me because that's where the water movement comes from. Not only do you get the spinning wing action, but you also get the water movement, uh, along with it. And what I realized quickly when I brought it into the timber holes with me that had a lot of duck seed and floton stuff like that, uh, salvania, even some holes, if you hunt that have salvania, um, as those wings spin, and those tabs hit that water and move that water, it keeps all that vegetation away from the decoy. So that pretty black water or pretty clear water that you have underneath that duck seed kind of opens up around that decoy. It looks like a duck flying in and hitting the water. And when that duck flies in and hits the water and lands, it kind of clears the spot for a second. Um, but So that's exactly what the Lucky Duck HD Splasher has brought to the spread for us you know i like the look of it i think it's i think it's a great decoy uh, i was able over the off season to hit a sale on those they usually retail at your, your your retail stores for you know right around one you can catch them on sale for about a hundred bucks but they usually retail for about 115 uh, well over the summer i was google searching them when a lot of the decoys go on sale especially they trying to blow them out at certain retail stores, but Gander Outdoors uh, actually had them for sixty bucks a decoy. They were fifty nine ninety nine. Uh, so you talk about a great deal. And when I saw that, I snatched up five or six of them for this season. So this morning we took all those Lucky Duck HD splashers. We took two Mojo Teal traditional Mojo Teals that go on poles with us. 
Uh, we took a Higdon Pulsator and a Higdon Swimmer with us this morning. And that's what we did when we got there. We put out those two mojos on poles, and then we set out the rest of those decoys, dropped them, put the wings on them, dropped them in the water, and, uh, and those HD splashes are water activated, which is pretty cool. So they have a sensor on the bottom of them. Once they touch water, they start spinning the wings, which is pretty cool. And something else nice about those to mention that I don't want to leave out is that they are uh, designed to where they can work on a remote. You can buy them with the remote, uh, which those run right around 115 120 I believe that's the more expensive ones. Or if you buy them without the remote, you can still put them on a timer setting to where the wings kick on and then they'll kick off after uh, after a minute or so. Um, and then they'll kick back on. So whether or not you have the remote to do it or you just put it on the setting, they do have that capability, which is really nice. You don't have to keep those wings spinning the whole time. So we got there. We set those out this morning. And what we were hunting this morning is basically it was kind of an open waterway with a you know timber hole with uh, timber all around us. And the last time we hunted, we had an opportunity. We had some wood ducks come in. We didn't shoot real well that day. We knocked down a couple, but then we missed. We should have had, you know, uh, uh, two or three-man limit. That more was actually two of us that hunted that day. We should have had a two-man limit of wood ducks, and we missed our opportunity. We only knocked down two or three of them. Um, so I said, you know what? I said, if anything, let's try to set up on this point. It's kind of a pinch point. Um, where you can see very well from the right, you can see very well from the left. We uh, we went ahead, we pulled the boat into the timber. Um, last week, I actually went ahead and I took off my boat blind because I usually at the end of the season, I'll take my blind off. Um, if I know I'm not going to use it, I don't want to get it, have it in the way uh, for making a couple of hunts at the end of the year. So I'll go ahead, pull it and store it. I went ahead, I did that last week. And uh, so we what we did today was we went ahead, we pulled it up in the timber and we just we just tucked it back into the uh, into the woods, and uh, it's camouflaged and it's covered real well. We had some burlap and some some natural vegetation, just kind of threw it over. And then we walked about 15, 20 yards over to the spot we wanted to hunt. We were hunting waders, uh, standing in, in you know along the bank, and we had a this little area we hunted had a, has a big tree that fell over this year from from all the storms we had early in the year. So it makes a perfect little duck blind forest and. Uh, and we just waited till shooting time. So about five minutes past, you started hearing the wooders this morning. And, uh, and man, all of a sudden, we, we heard some wings come over from behind us. And uh, whenever they passed, I knew it was, I knew it was you know, some big ducks. It wasn't wooders. Um, so I went ahead, and I just kind of hit, hit my, uh, my Beaver Creek game call. Um, I went ahead. I gave it. I, I, I was been blowing this season. Um, the Beaver Creek game call uh, blizzard is the name of the call is their blizzard model call and uh i gave it a few quacks what i love about that call is that you could get real low with it I, and you know being second split those ducks have heard a lot of you know hail calls thrown at them i just wanted some kind of subtle catch their attention i went ahead i hit a couple of notes on it and guys when i tell you i hit that call and those that little group of birds broke off and banked they came they, they hit a hard left they came around to the front of us on the left side and made a wide circle, and I could see them coming over the trees. It was right at shooting time where we could see them, you know, above the tree tree line. And all of a sudden, they just they just cupped up and came straight on into the decoys. And we pulled up and shot, and we ended up with uh we got it was three of them that came in, and uh, we dropped two like that out the bunch. So we started out really well, you know, hot 
as far as you know getting two out of the three coming in um and when I, they hit the water, I saw it was some gray ducks. So that, that was a pretty cool way to start out because we hadn't had a whole lot with uh, gray ducks over there in the last couple of hunts we hit uh, and that we hunted. Um, so we started out with those two this morning, and then it kind of just died down. Didn't hear a whole lot of shooting, um, which has kind of been the story this year. It seems like, you know, the days, the better days we have, we get one or two right at daybreak, and then it kind of just dies down. Uh, so... I don't know, 15, 20 minutes went by, I guess it was. And uh, I heard a wood coming from in front of us, towards us. Uh, and I could I could see him through the trees. And I, I told Jackson, I said, uh, if he comes close enough, I'm going to go ahead and take a shot. And sure enough, he came, a woody drake came from my right side, kind of in the front of me, came, cut over. And when it came over the water where it hit the edge of the trees, it actually banked towards us. Uh, I guess it saw those motion decoys and, and was going to come see what it was. But I didn't give him no no chance, guys. I went ahead and I pulled up and I popped him. So, uh, so dropped him. So we had uh, three birds right there, and uh, you know feeling pretty good because you know like I mentioned in the shows before, if you go two people nowadays, you know especially the last couple of seasons, and you hunt in public land and you knock down two, three, four, five birds, that's a that's a successful hunt nowadays for the most part on public land in these reserves when it's been as tough as it has. So I, I was feeling pretty good. I said, okay, hell, we got two gray ducks and uh, two grays and a, and, a, uh, and a wood duck. So uh, we, we hung it out. We, we waited. We didn't hunt real late this morning, but uh, about 30 minutes I, before we left, I told Jackson, I said, hey, look, we'll give it 30 more minutes. Didn't hear a whole lot of shooting. Wasn't a whole lot of action. Nothing flying, really. No migration up. You know, you see you can watch fly. Uh, I told Jackson, I said, hey, we're just going to give it 30 more minutes and then we'll go ahead and pack it up. We got three birds, you know. And I said, you good with that? He said, yeah, Dad, I'm good. That's fine with me, you know. So uh, during that 30 minutes, we waiting, you know, we just kind of talking. And, man, all of a sudden I heard, meh, 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 you know, another gray duck coming kind of behind us. I could hear him. And when I looked up, the sun was up at that point, and I could see that gray duck. It was a solo by itself, just kind of fluttering above us over the trees looking kind of looking around and i went ahead and i hit my call and uh she made a couple of passes in front kind of went in front came behind us kind of just surveying looking at the hole like you'd expect and uh and I, I once again i told jackson i said look i said uh that it may have to take a shot a little further away if uh if um you know she gets anywhere close enough because guys look you know how it is especially gadwall gadwall how many times will you work a couple of gadwall or a group of gadwall and they come in close they tease you they kind of back up off of you they come around back up off of you and you say okay one more pass and then that one more pass never comes and they end up just hightailing and leaving so i wasn't gonna you know it's been such a tough season i wasn't gonna gonna give it that opportunity so uh lucky enough though the way it turned out was when she uh, she had went back in front of us over the trees and made a big, big circle around. And uh, Jackson turned his head, and he could see her through the trees. And he said, Dad, she's, she's behind us making a – looks like she's banking off. Well, sure enough, she banks off, comes around the back of us on my right side. I'm hunting on the right side of the blonde. And all of a sudden, I hear – I can hear that sound of those wings dropping. And when I looked to my right, I caught her. She had come over the trees. And she was literally cupped up coming straight into the decoys. And she got it right over the treetops. And I pulled up and shot and popped her and uh, dropped her in the spread. So it was pretty cool. She worked really well. She she committed to those decoys. 
And once again, guys, no regular decoys in the spread. All I had was motion this morning set out. So that was pretty cool to have a successful hunt, um, or at least nowadays what's a successful hunt on public land, in my opinion, with all motion decoys. So I can tell you that uh, after that, we went ahead, we picked up, and it was, you know, we, it was a very simple pickup. We were out of there in no time this morning. Picked up, you know, eight, nine, ten decoys, whatever it was, and we were we were hightailing it back out to to do a couple of honeydews here at the house for Mama today. But uh, very very excited to see that that idea that I had paid off, uh, you know, and that's something that I I just you know I would have never thought of on my own unless I'd have seen those other guys doing it. And that goes to show you guys how something out of the ordinary or out of the traditional way of what we used to we used, were used to hunting. Um, you know, just, just paid off, you know, and it, it could have paid off today for those birds that we seen. It's not like we had, you know, hundreds of birds, but the birds we did have, it drew them in and we, we got good shots on them, you know? So, uh, it was, it was pretty cool. I have to say it's a pretty cool experience. I'm really glad, uh, I decided to do that, but you know, I guess I could say that with it being such a tough season that it, it was, it was one of those things I said, why the hell not try it? You know? it's could it could it really hurt could it get any worse than it's been this year and an answer to that was no so i really enjoyed it um you know i know jackson enjoyed it kind of opened his eyes to seeing something a little different than what we you know traditionally do hunting over regular decoys um and he even said he said man i'm glad we did it It was pretty pretty cool you know that i said yeah he said and he said he's the decoy pickup guy you know i drive the boat he picks him up he said, and I love picking up the decoys a lot more and putting out the decoys a lot more this morning. So it, I, I I know what he means. He didn't have nearly as many. He didn't have to get his hands freezing cold. Um, so, yeah, it, it was a good thing all around, and we had a really good hunt this morning. Um, you know, so pretty happy to see that. Was was really was really glad to see some uh, some gabwall in the area. Um, and if, if we're going to shoot a wood duck and have a wood duck come in, we were blessed to have a drake wood duck, beautiful drake come in this morning so that was nice now the gabble we shot was three hens this morning so that that was kind of uh weird now we did on that first group that came in that third one was a drake that got out of there so that one did make it out but that the other ones that we uh shot there was it was hens which is which is crazy but uh three hen gadwall and a uh drake woody this morning so we'll take it guys we hunt one day a week right now uh for the rest of the season um and right now, it looks like it'll be the same case next week I mentioned to y'all. Um, we'll be hunting on Sunday. We'll probably go back uh, go back to the woods next week and make a hunt there. But uh, we'll give you guys a, a report in either the next episode that we do on the podcast. Or uh, we'll do it and we'll talk about it in a, uh, in a video that we'll put up on social media on our YouTube page or Facebook page, however it is. But, uh, but if y'all haven't checked out... The, uh, the YouTube videos we did lately, go check them out. We got a real good one on the Lucky Duck HD Splasher where I talk about it, show it to you, kind of break down some of those features we talked about here today. Um, so we have that one we posted in the last couple of weeks, and then we also have the report from uh, Manchac Swamp WMA that we hunted last week that you guys may want to check out, especially Southeast Louisiana hunters uh, because Manchac is in the E-Zone. So that, if you've been hunting Coastal Zone, um, and you live in southeast Louisiana, guys, you can get over to Manchac and hunt an extra week. So check that out. Um, I'm pretty sure you'll, you'll uh, you know, you, you could go out there and kill a couple of birds right now. 
And what's cool about there is, like I mentioned in the video, is you never know what you're going to shoot out there. Um, you get a vast, uh, you know, uh, array of, of birds and species of birds. In Manchac, we've killed stuff over the years. You know, your typical puddle ducks, your diver ducks. Killed a golden eye a couple of years ago. You guys heard me talk about. Um, and I've seen a couple of uh, greenheads there lately that guys brought in on a strap. So you, you have a chance to kill some birds. It's not loaded. No, no place is really loaded right now, public land, from what I've, I've been able to experience uh, and, and see and get reports on. But there is some opportunity to kill some birds. So you might want to check that, that video out that we put up on YouTube. So, guys, I hope I hope this uh, you know made your drive a little easier, more enjoyable if you're on the road listening to us this week. As always, thank you very much for tuning in to the show. Um, and if you haven't checked us out or you stumbled upon us for the first time today and you enjoy the podcast, check out all our other podcast episodes. We have a lot to choose from. Um, we talk everything outdoors in Louisiana. Yes, we focus primarily on duck hunting and waterfowl hunting, but we, uh, we do a little bit of everything outdoors and we hope we, we try to share it with you and bring it to you, um, in these podcasts. So check us out, check out our previous episodes and also visit us on social media, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok. We do it all. Um, we have a lot of content we bring to our social media platforms. We meet a lot of cool people, a lot of new hunters just like us. Uh, so check us out there. I'm sure you'll, you'll like the content you see there. And as always, like we end every show, guys, we can't do it without our amazing sponsors that, uh, that sponsor this show in particular. Um, at the beginning of the show, you heard the advertisement for Anchor.fm. Without Anchor.fm, we could not get this podcast out to you guys to stream on all the platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, you know, Google Podcasts, and all the other popular streaming platforms that you tune in and listen to us on. Um, they host it, they monetize it, they distribute it, and without Anchor.fm, it would not be possible. Also, another great sponsor that you heard us talk about in this show and we talk about often on every show is Beaver Creek Game Calls. If you're in the market, guys, I'm telling y'all, we've been blowing it all year for a new duck call, goose call. Uh, if you're a turkey hunter, a deer hunter, go go see my boy and, and hit him up, Patrick Erkfitz. He's such a cool dude. Uh, hit Patrick Erkfitz up at Beaver Creek Game Calls. You can check him out on the web. You can check him out on all the social media platforms, Beaver Creek Game Calls. Patrick will design a call that that is in the color that you want that's... Uh, you know, if you uh, want a college football color, you're a big fan, Alabama fan, LSU fan, uh, you know, whatever it is. He can design a, a call that's going to meet your needs, meet the criteria that you want for it, and he'll design it and, and, and have the colors that you want for it. He makes a really good American-built handcrafted duck call, guys. Um, and we use, we use them all season long this year. Um, I'm a believer in them. You know, I have them to go along with some of the other calls that we use. And, uh, and they are a top-notch company. Patrick's a great guy, and he makes a very good call. So check them out at Beaver Creek Game Calls. Well, guys, uh, that's about it for this week's show. Our time has come to an end. We got to uh, check this meat on the smoker as we get ready for the Saints game. So we're going to say uh, who that. We're going to give it a little who that for the end of the show. And, uh, and hopefully the boys will... Beat old Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, and we'll be headed to the Super Bowl after today. But until next time, guys, y'all keep up with us. We appreciate you tuning in as always. And until next time, we wish you the best in the outdoors, and we'll see you soon again. Everybody have a great week.